Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome everyone to Season 6 of Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name's Austin. I'm BJ. And this week we're talking about Dragon Quest in 2024. It's the first episode of the new year, so we always like to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, I would also like to call this episode Sister Act 2, because we're back (laughs) in the habit. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, that's all for me, folks. Uh, I'll see you next time. We'll see you next week. Bye, yep. everybody. That's it. 40 <laughs> seconds of that. that. That's the entire episode. But honestly, it's been a while since we got to record and just since we've been um, really talking all that much because you've been on a trip. Yeah. So I feel like we've just kind of not gotten to talk about fun stuff too much. So how's it going? It's good. Things are okay. Uh, we we no longer have COVID, which is great. And uh, we got back from our trip in St. Lucia, which is just paradise. Like, I love where you live. And St. Lucia is like even more of a just a wonderful beach. Like, just amazing. Like, even like it's really it, it reminds me a lot of the Keys uh, and how great it was down there. Like, I just apparently love islands. Like, it's so move good. on down, man. Oh, I would if it wasn't for uh, Jennifer. Um, if we split up, I would totally be there. <laughs> uh, this episode is already dark. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, so, like, she... Uh, well, she can't because of melasma stuff. If she's ever out in the sun, even here for too much, like, it happened uh, actually at your house where she got, like, big co- discolorations on her, her face from the way the sun was uh, was hitting her. That it's just something about her, her genes... And it uh, it sucks. Like she got a little bit in St. Lucia, but she wore a hat basically all the time. Uh, we got some interesting bits of DQ news while we were away, while you and I were yeah. both away. Square Enix announced kind of like their year end stuff in terms of sales <laughs> and what the company's <laughs> doing moving forward. And there was actually quite a few tidbits of Dragon Quest in there to kind of pick apart that uh, seemed like a good th- way to kick things off today. Number one is. A huge win for DQ. Dragon Quest Monsters sold like unbelievably well. It was the best-selling game on Switch quite a few weeks in December and especially impressive in a year that had like a brand new Mario game like Mario Wonder had just come out. Um, You had the Indigo Disc DLC for Pokemon that you would expect might sell some more copies of, of a game and you had Dragon Quest Monsters that just 
Uh, apparently did really, really well and was like the best-selling game on Switch for December. That's great. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm very happy about that, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected it to be the number one seller, especially right around in there. And I mean, in Japan, it, I, it's, I should I forgot to say in Japan. Okay. It's in Japan. Okay, okay, that makes more sense because I'm like, I know I've seen a lot of Western audiences talk about it. I've seen a lot online about it, but in being in Japan makes more sense of it being the number one game on Switch. Period. But that's still yeah. a lot because I mean, Japan loves Nintendo. Yeah, for me it was the Mario thing because Mario Wonder. I mean, yeah. I know it came out. I know Mario Wonder was older. It came out in October, but still, you have the holidays and things like that. Yeah. So I guess either way, very cool thing to kind of have happen. Um, the other thing was that apparently Die did terribly. Um, if you listen to mm-hmm. this podcast, you'll know that I was not a fan of Die when I reviewed it and found some things to still like about it, but was very uh, critical about the way that it just made you rewatch stills from the anime and listen to voice acting and not actually get to play a game. Apparently that was the general consensus because Dai did not do so hot and was actually directly called out um, as a, as uh, as a way of them needing to kind of reassess how Square Enix is pushing things out. And I guess my advice there is maybe like push out a game that you can actually play instead of just watching um, a less good version of the anime for 15 hours. Right. Like, that's my thing, is it wasn't even cutscenes from the anime. It was just, like, the stills with the voice acting. So it was like, if you just wanted to experience the anime, just go watch the anime. Anyway, we've talked about this countless times. But really, I don't know why that game exists. Yeah, it's like their their marketing strategy, uh, this supposedly new thing is, uh, let's not make mid-level games, uh, mid-budget games. I'm like, why don't you stop making mid-games? Burn. (laughs) Yeah, right? It's like they need to, like, I love some of these games. Like, you know how much that we both love Square Enix here. But the the games that they're putting out, like, it doesn't have to be a mid-budget game. It just needs to be stop making bad games. Stop greenlighting and producing games that people don't want or like. It's And I know there's more to it than that in the business, of course, but... Man, you would think that somebody along the way would have seen Die and this uh, the developmental roadmap and been like, "This is a bad idea. Like, we don't we don't need to do this." But yeah, no. I think there's like no. so many decisions that make no sense to me. Yeah, and there's so many levels of decisions that compound one another from different people who don't have anything to do with one another that also make games like that happen. The other thing that that we heard about over the break was that Square Enix doesn't want to rely solely on properties like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. They want to expand the brand, which as you and I were talking about earlier today is really ironic because last year they sold off um, like the studios (laughs) and stuff that work on like Tomb Raider, but also the studios that work on the Marvel games. Yeah. It's like, I know Avengers didn't do that well and Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of meh for sales, even though critically Guardians did okay. And so, but still, I'm like, very good game. Yeah. I'm like, you sold Tomb Raider, one of the most like recognizable like gaming brands, and you sell off studios that are handling Marvel properties to go invest in NFTs, I might add. Like, they sold all this stuff because they were investing in NFT technology. Here we are a year later, and it's like, we wish we had other IPs. (laughs) It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done all these bad ideas. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway. 
those for NFTs. It's like, I, I, I knew that their NFT strategy when they announced this, when it was first being talked about, was a bad idea because NFTs are garbage. And they're, they're worse than garbage. I can get more money for garbage than I can NFTs. And I think it depends on the garbage. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the garbage, but I can get metal and at least go sell it. Like, I can't sell the NFTs. They're like, That's why do true. you have this thing that I can take a screenshot of? Like, it, it fell apart. And it's like, that was a bad decision on its own. But why? Why they thought that, that to go all in and sell the studios that were making these high... Uh, the, the, these high-profile IPs. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, maybe the sales weren't there. I don't know. Like, I don't know any of the like business side on why they chose those to get rid of and and invest in the the NFT stuff. But are they still planning on doing the NFTs? Like, I actually haven't heard anything since like the bottom fell out of that. Yeah, I haven't either. And then now they're announcing about all their AI stuff. So I'm one, I think they've just pivoted away from NFTs to AI. And then next year, next year they'll pivot away from AI to whatever the other buzz, buzzy tech thing is that's going on at this time next year. And then none of these g- games will ever really get made. They're going to call it analog digital creators. And it's going to be where they have human people at keyboards uh, typing digital things in from the real world. That's going to be the next next new big thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, it did. I did. I do think it sells. I mean, Avengers was a flop, and Guardians of the Galaxy commercially was. I don't want to say a flop, but it was not. It was far from a success as well. And so I think, and those were two different studios that were both under like Square Enix's umbrella. You had uh, Eidos and Crystal Dynamics, and so. I get that they would maybe want to sell that stuff off. And then, of course, you know, Tomb Raider falls in under that stuff, too. But then you just have, like, you have some other IPs that it's just, it's weird. But also, like we were talking about this morning before we recorded, like, Square kind of has a history of bad business decisions, whether it's, you know, getting Nintendo mad at them for the better half of a decade, better part of a decade in the 90s, or, like, almost bankrupting the company because of investing in weird CGI movies um, in the early yeah. 2000s, late 90s, and needing to get merged. And there's just like, I mean, it, it, there's like a history of, of poor business decisions overall that we could just do like an entire episode on, really. So it's not necessarily like it's surprising, but I think the thing that keeps me coming back, you coming back, and honestly, the, a wide portion of anybody that plays Square Enix games is from the creative side of things. We come back because Yuji Hori right. is really good at telling a story and coming up with, you know, these ideas and, uh, or Yoshi P is really good at, you know, figuring out ways to, uh, you know, expand what an MMO is and storytelling in an MMO and things like that, where it's like you come back for the stories and the characters and it's the creative teams there that really get people coming back despite all of these weird business decisions. Yeah. It does kind of mean we're in a weird place for 2024 because we know, we know DQ 12 is in development. We know the Dragon Quest three remake is in development. And I think we and pretty much everybody seems to expect the three remake to drop this year. Um, Are you still, are you still thinking this year? At this point, I don't know. I was wondering if that was going to be included actually in their uh, mid mid budget games when they first announced it. I wondered how many of the DQ titles were going to be included in that. 
I don't think any of the DQ titles. Um, I think when you're talking about mid-level, I think probably have we had this conversation before? Or is it because so much of my work also is like this podcast? I think it's so much of your work. I don't think you and I have. Okay, yeah, I th- I think I think mid-level is stuff like probably honestly like Foam Stars, which comes out February sixth. Um, that's like a little bit too late for cashing in on the Splatoon train. Oh yeah. Like may- maybe some team Asano games and stuff like Harvestella yeah. and, and what is that witch, the little witch game and stuff like that. Oh, I forgot about that. Personally sad because I feel like there's a lot, of, there's some good uh, like innovation going on with those yeah. smaller games that, that fall under Square Enix's umbrella. But I, I get them wanting to push bigger titles, but also it's like you want to push bigger titles that aren't Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, but you've kind of given up a lot of your other big titles. You're going to have to invent something new, a big AAA title. <laughs> right. And I just don't know that, I just don't know that the corporate side of Square Enix can do that um, based on the kind of stuff that they're doing, like, like Foam Stars and even, I mean, like Power Wash Simulator, like, I mean, that's a Square Enix game. I forgot that. And a successful one. Yes, it is. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe 10 years from now, Square Enix will be no, known for Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, Kingdom Hearts, and Power Watch Simulator. And they'll just be like four branches. Who knows? Um, the future is weird. It is. And so, I, I don't know. I think I don't think anything that has the Dragon Quest name on it or Final Fantasy name on it is in danger here. Um, I think that because of Die and mobile game failures that they are going to take quite a look at chugging out all these Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest things that just they've slapped the the logo on it but not really paid yeah. atten- that much attention to like quality or interest levels. Uh, I would be a little bit concerned for games that they've tried to bring back like Star Ocean, Mana, Visions of Mana, yeah. you know, comes out soon, um, but yep. it was already in development. And uh, the Valkyrie, and stuff like that. Like they've tried to bring back some properties here in the last couple of years, which I've been very appreciative of. Like I didn't yeah. necessarily like Valk- Valkyrie Elysium was okay. I love Star Ocean Six. Like absolutely adored it. Vision the Mana looks really cool. I'm excited for that one. Oh, cool. But there are some games kind of like that, you know, that I, I would be a little bit concerned about. Uh, Saga, the future of Saga stuff, and so. Um, I do think that three yeah. remake, despite Yuji Hori saying like six years ago that DQ 12 would come first. I do think DQ remake is probably coming this year. I don't expect DQ 12 to come in this year. We know that FF seven rebirth is coming out at the end of February. And so dragon quest releases since I, that would be too close together with that to hit a March release. So I think we're probably thinking like September if I had to guess. Uh, for Dragon Quest three, I think oh, the yeah. I think the big factor here though is the Switch two, whatever the Switch successor is going to be called. It's pretty much right. a done deal that the Switch two is releasing this year. At this point, I'm honestly wondering if they're just holding back DQ three remake for the Switch two because you have to think not from a Western standpoint, but from Japan, that's a console seller right there. I mean, think about how big it is. Dragon Quest three was in japan and you slap that as one of the launch titles for the switch 2 and it's like i mean that's a that's a that's a console seller especially if it's not backwards compatible and i'm thinking that it's still going to be on the regular switch i mean knowing the way nintendo kind of has done things like looking at wii u and switch you know like breath of the wild was on both i played it on wii u actually that's where i beat it 
I think we'll probably see that kind of situation. And so I've honestly been wondering if uh, Dragon Quest 3 is being held for a little while. But either way, I'm thinking fall probably for this one because after... I think Square Enix, from a business standpoint, can ride the FF7 Rebirth wave for a little while. You have 14's yeah. new expansion, Dawn Trail, coming out in summer. And so Dragon Quest Three, I mean, that's hitting... That's a big title for every season, pretty much. As we've ta- discussed, Square Enix business decisions don't make sense, but that would make the most sense, right? So they're probably not going to do it, but... <laughs> so it's probably not that, Yeah. so... But, but seriously, Dragon Quest games, usually it's usually either like early part of the year, like March, February, March, or we're talking like later, you know, like September-ish. And so I really think that even though the last two releases, well, not last two because of Die, but uh, like bigger releases um, that aren't Die related, Treasures and Monsters 3, both were first week of December. So you never know. Dragon Quest may just pivot to being a Christmas series, which I would be fine with. I love playing Dragon Quest games over the holidays. It has become a tradition in this house. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I tend to play something like that over the holidays. I uh, Usually it's RPG season, so it's not necessarily a Dragon Quest game, but it it's something. But, you know, there for a long time, like every it holiday helped. season, I would play like... If not the if not the Urgic trilogy, I would play like the first Dragon Quest game around you Christmas. Did. That was like my Christmas game, and yeah, the last true. couple of years I haven't done that, and it's purely because you know Treasures came out and I was obsessed with that, and then Monsters Three came out and I was obsessed with that, and so I've had a new Dragon Quest game to play, and uh, if I don't this year, then I guess it's back to the good old Urgic trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's honestly probably what it will be. Yeah. I, I can absolutely see you playing through the Erdrick trilogy again. I also think that we'll probably get some announcements um, in or around Dragon Quest Day uh, this year because since, since 11 at least, there hasn't really been, there's generally been multiple games that we've known about in development at any given time. Yeah. And right now, other than three and, and 12 there's not anything really known so i think we'll i think we might get some cool teases there you also have to think that right a nintendo direct is probably happening in february because there's one like every february so right maybe we'll see a new console then maybe dq3 will get an update then i mean they've got to have something because they're kind of running out of switch titles at this point and the last one was mostly remasters to try to carry them through the first half of 2023. So I think that, yeah, I think that we'll be hearing a lot more about DQ soon. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to expect though. I mean, we've had a monsters game. Now we had treasures, which was monsters adjacent. I would personally love to get another heroes game. I think that would be fantastic. But I'm not. That'd be great. I'm not sure, but I do. I fully expect to hear about some spinoff. I mean, there's always a DQ spinoff in development, right? <laughs> like honestly. Yeah, pretty much. Like really. I think we'll. I think we'll get a spinoff, but I don't know what it is yet. I would. I would actually like to see an improved treasures. Um, like treasures. I'd treasures like two see... with quality of life improvements. <laughs> yeah, really. Because uh, I wasn't a big fan of the combat in it that I I wanted to to I don't know I guess I wanted 
re- it never really solidified for me with having both the monsters and me fighting. That the real time just didn't work. I, I wish they would either make it where it was really one or the other, where it was either me doing it or the monsters doing it, and I couldn't interact. I had to do other things, but I never, I never, the combat never gelled with me. I, I like Treasures Combat fine, but a Treasures 2 with Dragon Quest Monster 3's combat would be the winner for me, I think. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, do that. Square Enix, if you've listened this far, please do that. <laughs> Listen to That's us it. complain yeah. about you for the last twenty minutes, but somehow made it to this exactly. part because you're to like this a, point a masochist. Um, <laughs> please make that for us. We know we said mean yes, things earlier. Please do that, but we love you but and make this for us. We do love you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I <laughs> feel like it's time for another heroes game. I also feel like builders did great. so well. Like I'm amazed that we don't have a builders three yet, despite like the primary creative source of the builders games leaving like i feel like that's what i was about to say i think that the the team left or the the director left right so yeah the like series director like spinoff series director i don't know his his official title but um but yeah so i I think that there's lots of possibilities here and i I think we'll hear about them soon what i would Mm -hmm. not like to see is another mobile game and at this point, I yeah. at this point I really don't know if it's going to happen. Um, even with Square Enix's weird technology choices, it's just like how many mm-hmm. how many mobile games, Dragon Quest or otherwise, but like how, honestly, how many mobile games do you have to put out and then close down? You know, before you start getting the hint that that it's not working. And I think a part of that is what I think of as the Dollar General strategy. Um, which yeah. I think I've, I think I've told you, but I don't think I've ever brought it up in the podcast. Yep. So years and years ago, my wife, she worked at Dollar General. She was a manager of Dollar General, but there was a Dollar General's whole strategy is like, you put them everywhere knowing good and well that you're going to have to close down like a third of them. But the whole like strategy is to just put them everywhere and then, because most of them will probably work and then you just cut your losses and take out the rest of them. But if you get in essentially yep. like a disease, then you can get out things like Walmart and Kroger or whatever, Publix, wherever you live, mm-hmm. things like that. And I think that's kind of Square Enix's strategy with mobile games. It's that Dollar General strategy where it's like they just throw like 10 things at the wall and they know that like three or four of them are going to fall off really fast and that even more will fall off in a few years. But there's probably going to be one or two like Brave Exvius that like sticks around, you know, and that they can yep. keep having as a cash cow. And so maybe that's worth it from a business standpoint. It must be since a lot of companies do that kind of thing. It must be. They keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you say that about uh, Dollar General's running out Walmart. You remember in Loretto uh, that Dollar General, they added two, the one in St. Joe, then one in Loretto, and then they made the Walmart neighborhood market they put in clothes. Yeah. 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 I mean, that may be where you got it from, but uh, it's like, yeah, that, that actually happens. Like, that's not even hyperbole. Oh, no, I know I know that's how it happens, because I remember Grace explaining that all to me in her, like, corporate meetings. Oh, yeah, I meant for everybody else, oh. like, like, listening. Like, that's, that is absolutely, like, not even, that's from real-life experience what they do. Yeah, like, that's oh, yeah. not just conjecture, like, the way we do about other stuff. Like, we know that's the strategy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In the meantime, though, we have... 
monsters to enjoy, which I know you're very, very close to beating. Yep. I thought I was going to beat it by this point, that, uh, and then I wasn't in the the level I thought I was. I actually have one more area to go. I thought I was right on near the last uh, the last dungeon before it moved into other stuff. And then uh, when I got through that, it was like, by the way, you got this other world. I'm like, dang it, I forgot. I thought I'd already, I counted wrong. So, meh. You're on the, after talking with you, you're on the very last one. So, you're, yeah, you're right there. I think so. Either way, for people listening who are like, get back to the Dragon Quest Monster stuff. Um, that'll be, that'll be next week. So, just bear with us. We're waiting for BJ to beat it because we'll probably do a final like spoilersery, spoilery, spoilersery. Spoilery, yeah, spo- spoilery. I think. Well, spoilery, but I was like spoilers, spoilersery, spoilersery um, kind of episode. And then it is season six, so we plan on doing deep dive episodes on Dragon Quest six this year, which I'm really looking forward right. to because I love yeah. Dragon Quest six, and you haven't played it, and we have decided we didn't mention this before, but we decided when we were talking a while back. They were going to like play it together. And I'm really excited for that. Like, honestly, I really am. Right. Whenever I was playing it way back when, it was like I would tell you things about it. And there'd be people yeah. who played it already who were telling me things about it. But I wasn't just like playing it along somebody the way you would like. Yeah. Like, you know, like playing playing Dragon Quest Monsters or like back when Builders 2 first came out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. everything. It was like we both got it the same day and we're both playing along with each other and getting to around the same places at any given time. And that was just a lot of fun. So um, I'm looking forward to it because I also, I've not replayed Dragon Quest six, even though I, I love it. Um, I have not yeah. gone back and replayed Dragon Quest six. And so, yeah, I don't know if I'll do the post game this time because I honestly can't even remember if I finished the post game of DQ six last time. I remember we did an episode about it way back when in season one, cause I was on that around the time we started the podcast and I was talking about mm-hmm. like Nocturnus and everything and doing post game, but the post game is beefy. So I don't know if I'll do that, but definitely plan on replaying through the whole main story. Um, and also hearing your thoughts about it because that's one that took a little, wh- yeah. took a little while for me to get, get into, but then once the job system opened up and you had access to all the vocations, right. To borrow a phrase, I was like, hot dog, hot dog. Let's do yep. this. I look forward to, to playing it. It's one that I've only ever played the very beginning of and never gotten far into. So I'm really looking forward to doing it. I'm going to do the DS version like you and I had talked about before. Yeah. It'll be interesting too, because like we've seen with monsters, there's stuff that like I've really had trouble with that you just breeze through. And then there's stuff that you're having yeah. trouble with that I breeze through. And there were some moments in DQ six where I got lost or didn't know where to go or whatever. And so I'll be interested in seeing if you're just like, you know, if you go from A to B to C and you're like, no, dude, how'd you get lost here? Meanwhile, Uh, Austin from like 2019 was like, wait, I don't know where to go. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. (laughs) 
hey, at least it's not like Austin from like 2018, where like all it was was trying to find that one place in uh, in the ocean in DQ2. Oh my god! Where like yeah. like there were like three days of like text and 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 uh, like I think it feels like it was three days. Like I can't remember specifically, but it was like all of these like screenshots and messages. Like, dude, I'm gonna lose my mind. That was a rough. That was a rough thing. Yeah, that might be the the it worst. It was like yeah, that, that's like time I've ever had with a video game and I'm still convinced it was a bug because I didn't do anything new. It's just, I went to that spot like the 15th time and the treasure was out there and I was like, okay, well, why didn't this happen before? <laughs> so I, like, like I'm convinced because that was, that was a real pain in the butt. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, I will shamelessly plug. There's an episode from season one about dragon quest two and we go into this extensively, so you can just listen to like uh-huh. a 45-minute rant about all the problems I had with that sunken treasure. But but you've beat it since then and never had that problem, right? Yes, uh, correct. But actually, so, well, actually, I don't know what it was. that was Switch, though. That was the Switch. I mean, it was the same version of the game, but it was on Switch. Game, it wasn't on mobile, but... so I don't know. Oh yeah, you did. Oh yeah, you should go back and play two on mobile this year. Should I? <laughs> should I though? Do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Yeah, I don't do know. It. We'll find out. But anyway, thank you guys so much for catching up with us uh, in 2024. And if you want to talk to us individually, you can find us on Twitter or Blue Sky at Dragon Quest FM. And you can also. Uh, chat with us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. If you want to talk to me directly, you can find me uh, on all those places at dragonquestin. Uh, and I'm mostly on Twitter and threads at Professor Beach, uh, BJ Keaton on Blue Sky. And uh, remember, we have a Patreon and you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye.